Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review, and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals. These conversations create the foundation for my book on what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. I'm certainly excited to be talking with Michelle Leedy. As many of you may know, I have embarked on a journey to write a book called HR Like a Boss, and as a part of that, I'm interviewing amazingly awesome HR professionals and business people who are making an impact at their companies, their organizations, and in their community. And Michelle Leedy certainly falls into that category. I was introduced uh, to Michelle by one of my uh, colleagues within the Disrupt HR Columbus community, and he spoke so highly of Michelle, was super excited to meet her, and she more than exceeded the expectations that Chris Rudder had shared. So uh, super, super delighted to have Michelle on the show today, and we're going to dive into some interesting topics. So how are you doing, Michelle? Doing fantastic, thanks. I'm just thrilled to be here today. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. So in, in this journey of, of HR and HR like a boss, uh, I, think, I think for all companies, all, all, all organizations, we start with a mission and purpose. And I'm just curious in getting your perspective of what, what do you define as the purpose of human resources? Yeah, that's a great question. I, for me, um, I think human resources is really here to, to drive and consult and to lead human capital related um, structure within an organization. For me, there's human capital, financial capital, and social capital. And the niche for human resources is to stay in that 80% with human capital, build the network and the connections to financial and social capital so that it comes alive to serve the purpose of the business, whatever it is. Mm, I love how you said that. That was really cool. And I think it's neat how you tie all those together and driving that. Now, an interesting kind of backstory for those that are that are, are watching and listening is is Michelle and I had a, recently sat in on a, a a chat series as part of a disrupt HR event, and the concept of of love at work came up. And many of you might be screeching in HR like, "Oh gosh, uh, what are you about to talk about?" And um, it's it's ironic because it 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 kind of created this creative act mindset for me around. Uh, love in the workplace, appropriate love in the workplace. And it, it reminded me of a discussion I had with a, a longtime HR executive who's been wildly successful and, and really gets HR uh, from my perspective. And so I wanted to dig in a little bit deeper into this, how, how Michelle Leedy sees love in the workplace and its, its, its result to drive those um, aspirational, um, what, what I might call, um, deliverables that HR is supposed to bring to that social capital, to the financial capital, and to the human capital. So uh, when, when, you, when you hear the word love at work, what does that mean to you, Michelle? Yeah, so, you know, when I think about love in the workplace, you know, to me, it's, it's about bringing passion into the workplace. I, I think in our language, we, um, at least in the English language, we're limited with um, how many ways we have to articulate love in a way that's meaningful. We use it a lot. Um, it's part of us. Uh, yet when we enter into the workplace, sometimes that word um, just leaves the vernacular completely. Um, and we associate it 
uh, with different kinds of passionate love, with romantic love, maybe with family love. Um, but how many times do we have a conversation about a hobby or something we do at work? And we're like, I love that. I love working on this kind of project. Um, you know, when you ask somebody what fills their cup, I love, you know, doing work that serves other in XYZ reasons. Uh, that's love. Um, that's the passion. There's a, um, a quote I really like, um, it's by um, John Wesley, and he says, catch on fire with enthusiasm and people will come from miles to watch you burn. And I always get goals from it, you know, you can tell when someone's in love with their work and what they're doing, when they're pumped up. Um, and that's love in the workplace, uh, bringing that passion. And I would go so far as to say also with how we interact with one another, we can come into a space out of respect and care and love so that we are honoring one another um, in a way that brings love in a workplace in a very respectful and dignified manner. Yeah. And can, can you see those at your, at your work that, that do love what they do and are super passionate about their work and how, how they're able to, to do things a little bit differently than maybe someone that's proverbially there just kind of clocking in and clocking out and it's a means to an end? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, uh, you know, when I really see it, when it radiates, I mean, it, it doesn't even take long to tell somebody um, is around you that, you know, is on fire, that is passionate about what they do, because um, most of us can feel it. It's sometimes hard to describe and put in words, but we know when it's there. Um, and one way that I think we can measure it um, in a way that is really familiar in HR circles is engagement. Uh, for me, engagement is about when we're sharing our discretionary effort. Um, sometimes I hear it talked about about you know satisfaction. It's great to know we're satisfied. I could be satisfied at work because I sit and you know I watch cat videos on YouTube all day. And I could be highly satisfied because I'm getting paid for it, right? That's not that's not engagement. There are people out there who can do all kinds of things and be satisfied. Um, what we need are people who are sharing their discretionary energy. They're going over and beyond. We only have so many places in life. We only have so much discretionary energy to share. We um, decide where we share it. And when people have passion with sincerity, when they love why they're there and what they're doing, wherever it is in life, um, that's when you get that discretionary effort because they want to be there. They want to do it, whatever it is. And how great when we get to get that at work, right? Perfect. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And it's, it, it kind of goes to one of the things that I've been really trying to channel my energy to articulate appropriately within the book is just how, how does your organization make the people feel that work there? And, and then in turn, how do they do that back, right? So this, to me, love is a feeling. Right, it's something that I'm passionate about. It's it's in, in this desire around engagement. Uh, pe people tend to be more engaged and more interested in things that they love or have an interest in, and those that aren't necessarily. Like, so to me, like engagement can be, you know, you know, replaced with feeling or love. Right? How much do you love what you do? Whereas in HR, maybe we're afraid to use that word love. Like, is is that like is it something at your work or in your HR department or things that you've had experiences with where you say the word love and they, to your point, they screech or like, oh gosh, you can't say that because that means somebody's going to be doing something wrong. 
Absolutely. You know, I've been, in, I've been um, as a consultant, worked in many different kinds of organizations, and I've been in organizations where even the word compassion, you know, isn't used, let alone love, right? And we come into the workplace as a whole person. And boy, today more than ever, as more and more people are working in a remote office, it's everything about our life is there. Love is a major human emotion. How do we cut that off? Why would we want to? Um, long as we can display and share it in a way that is authentic and appropriate for whatever that relationship is and the task at hand. It belongs with us. You know, if we're, if, if we're not, if we're not sharing it, we're just pretending it's not there because it's just, it's a basic human part of us. And hopefully something that helps us wake up every morning because hopefully we love what we're about to do when we start our day. Yeah, no, no doubt. Do you think uh, kind of the contrary of that, the, 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 the reason why individuals within HR do not love what they do? How, how, would, you, how would you finish that sentence? You're saying that the reason HR professionals may not love what they do? Yes. Mm. Um, you know, I, my hope is that people do. Um, and I guess my apology, if, if anyone's listening to this and they say, I don't love what I do, you know, what I'd want to ask is, you know, what about you is keeping you in HR? Um, we spend most of our waking hours at our jobs, most of us for working. You know, we have some people who are part-time and maybe that's not the case. A lot of us spend 40, you know, 50, 60, maybe 70 hours a week at our jobs. And so when you're spending your waking hours doing what you do for work, why would we not love it? And so why do people not do it that are in HR? My question would be, where are you in HR? Find what, find what makes your, you know, your heart beat faster, that fills your cup, that makes you whole. Um, because we all have things that we love and are passionate about. And it's okay if it's not HR. You know, so if you're not loving it, talk about it. What do you love? Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's one of those it's, it's interesting, one of the things that spurned this book idea was I did a presentation called HR Like a Boss, ironically, to uh, about 100 people at a local SHRM conference. And I was afraid of the question I was going to ask even before I went in there, because I was trying to be not controversial, but just try to spurn some dialogue. And I asked the question, why do people hate HR? Why do, why do employees hate the function of human resources? So I was afraid like when I asked that question, they were going to like, you know, throw, you know, pieces of paper at me and start booing. But literally, Michelle, almost everyone in that room raised their hand and had an incredibly passionate, passion story about why they didn't, why they felt people didn't like the folks that they were working with in human resources. And I was like, I've never asked a question in a presentation before where I had to like cut people off. I was like, hey, we have to keep going or I'm not going to get through the rest of my, my, my presentation. So it really made me kind of mm -hmm. resonate with like, why do people feel so much of that about HR? And is that HR exuding that back to those employees and the way that they, they, they do their work? Um, Cause that's part of my concern. Like if you're not really into this stuff, there's a lot that you have to do really well to be an, an awesomely amazing HR professional. And if you're, if you're not all in, then my guess is those employees that you're serving are going to feel that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think so too. And, you know, that idea around why would someone not, you know, uh, like their HR or hate their HR, you know, when there's not a value add that's clear, there's not a lot of love there, right? Um, because why would we invest in something that feels like a non-value add? 
you know, or something that we have to do. Um, and sometimes people might be in roles where they feel that it's a non-value add themselves. And so it all comes down to where, where are we bringing the value? How does it align to the business line? Are we speaking in terms of the business? And what does that mean? Not HR speak, business speak, you know? And I do believe HR is part of the business, but sometimes we can get caught in our own acronyms and what we're doing. And we are there to serve the greater calling of the business, whatever it is. If it's serving in the community, whatever the mission is, whatever the vision is, um, that's what we need to be tied to. We need to be closely tethered to it. And trying to connect those dots between what the company's purpose is and what the people that work there. So there's alignment between those things. So if they're involved in some community mission, the people that work there are also interested in that community mission as opposed to something they don't care about or like you said, doesn't bring value to them, then you're gonna get, why am I doing this? This kind of distrust, this hate, this, this hate for I don't wanna work here. Yeah, yeah, or doing it just because we have to. If it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a basic requirement of the business in order to do what the rest of the business does as opposed to seeing the correlating factors for why it helps the business to be successful. Right. Um, so there are things that we absolutely have to do as part of a business. Um, we have to do payroll. We need to we need to be compliant. We need to do audits. So how do we tell the story around how that correlates to it might not be a causation to other parts of the business success, but how does it correlate to it so that we are successful. We have to constantly be drawing that line. What's the risk of not doing what we're doing um, and why that becomes so important that you can't live without it because it is helping us to be successful. We need to understand that and be clear on it. We need to be able to tell the story in a way that is understandable to our sponsors, measurements that make sense, language that makes sense, not talking in our speak, but in their speak. And I think that's when it all starts to come together and we can amp up and dial up our love factor for what we're doing because we feel the value, right? When people are saying, yeah, we need that. So conti continuing on that subject, and you, you, you brought back in the word love into our discussion, which I so appreciate. I, I, love, this, I love this podcast with you, Michelle. We're, we're, we're hitting on some great points that I think hopefully are, are allowing our audience to think a little bit differently about how they're doing things today. So tell me, how, how do we find those people that are going to love what they do at our organization? What, what are those interviewing tactics, questions, things that we can do to ensure that we're increasing the chances of finding people that share that same passion for what the organization that our, our HR professionals that are listening are, are trying to get accomplished. Yeah, so um, it's a two-pronged question that I, I love to ask. And it is, what attracted you to this position in which you've expressed interest or applying? And in whatever's next for you, what describe that perfect day and job what does it look like and without even sharing a whole lot about the organization the structure the culture the job there is so much rich information that comes there and usually pretty much straight from the heart that helps to at least for me to identify how does that align for what this individual is looking for what their drivers are and you know what, what pumps them up it might align really well the opportunity or opportunities I have available at the time and it might not it's really rich information um, and so those are you know that's my favorite two-pronged question yeah I can see how that would work because it gives you a chance to see how prepared the candidate is for the first question right around like what why are you interested in this role there, there better be some really uniquely 
um, I guess, poignant and specific um, answers that come to the company and the organization, the thing they've heard in that job. And then obviously that day in the life is, gives you an idea of like, what do they like to do? And, and how does that align to what the job's going to be and what your culture is like at the company you represent? So, so, so as we continue on that, like if we, if we go back and could interview Michelle Leedy right when she was starting her career and we kind of time warp some wonderful years of experience, knowledge and expertise in, into that mind and said, okay, so, so you, you now have the experience of X, X number of years doing what you've done. What, what would you do differently now, Michelle? How would you see the world of HR having the experience that you have now back when you first started out your career? Yeah, so what I would tell myself is, you know, one, take managed risks much sooner and earlier, and don't assume ever that people know what you're capable of. Show them. Tell people what you want and show them what you can do. Um, you know, have that point of view, jump in and do it. Don't wait to be tapped on the shoulder to see something come, go find it. Um, that is absolutely fine um, because you are owning it. You are in the driver's seat. Um, and you can do way more than you think you can. So, so some some sense of confidence, a general like if 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 you don't if you don't ask for it, you don't get it. I know my dad used to tell me that all the time. What's the worst thing they can tell you? And my answer was always no. He said, "Well, that, that let's not be afraid of that two-letter word." So, I think that's it's awesome, profound advice. So, last but not least, I'll get you out of here on this because. I have this idea of what uh, an HR like a boss looks like and what, what they do and how we define it, but I'd love to get your perspective. How would you, how would you define someone that does HR like a boss? They come to the table as an owner of the business, whatever that means to them. So like a boss means you own the business. And again, beyond that H, whatever that traditional HR mindset is, what is the business about and everything you talk about when you're doing your job, how does it align to the business? Be an owner, be an owner, be a leader. Michelle, you're awesome. I love this podcast, especially because we got to dive into a subject, uh, HR, which is near and dear to both of our hearts. And we're incredibly passionate about it and giving back to the community the best that we can and to our employers and the organizations that we work with. And for those of you listening, I hope you were able to gleam a few of Michelle's key points, which first and foremost is it's okay to use that word love. And if you want to translate it into, into passion, that's fine. And uh, in, in your ability to be able to, to resonate that and your ability to deliver HR to your um, constituents and the people that you work with. And at the same time, let's own what we do. Let's own, own ourselves. Let's take ownership of, of our daily life and, and our attitude and the way by which we approach our work. And as a result, that will have a cascading effect down on the people that we uh, represent and um, the employers and organizations that we work for. So this is John Bernadovich. I hope that everyone enjoyed today's uh, video series and, and my chat with Michelle Leedy. And I hope that if you uh, continue to enjoy what we're sharing, please subscribe uh, to this channel as well as uh, share this video concept with others, friends, family, et cetera. So, this is John Bernadovich signing off. Thank you all for listening in and we'll talk to you next time.